Murder is defined as the unlawful, premeditated killing of one human being by another. However, being charged and convicted of murder isn't always as simple as the definition. With that said, let's talk murder. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Let's Talk Murder with Diamond Kisan. For those who may be new to the podcast, Let's Talk Murder with Diamond Kisan is a crime-based podcast that takes an inside look at the crime from the side of the accused. In each episode, I take you beyond the headlines and get up close and personal to the story via the words of the individual charged with the crime. In this episode of Let's Talk Murder, we explore the case of James Tinsley. James Tinsley is from Texas and was convicted of murder. I'm going to give it to you directly from the headlines. Let's start with KHOU 11. And this one was posted, no, actually, yep, KHOU 11. This was posted May 20th, 2015. It reads as follows. When 60-year-old Tony Contreras, his 51-year-old brother Jesse, and Tony's 21-year-old son Casey were all shot in cold blood inside their family business back in January, their families wondered why. Just last week, 21-year-old James Tinsley V was arrested. I believe it's the fifth. Y'all know, listen, me and Roman numerals aren't too great. So yeah, forgive me. Was arrested and is now facing a charge of capital murder. He's being held on no bond. Wednesday in court, more than three months after the shooting, the victim's families finally got an explanation. He had bought a car and it was repossessed, said prosecutor Lisa Callaghan. He was unhappy about that fact. Callaghan says surveillance video showed Tinsley walking into Immaculate Auto Sales off Little York Road and shooting the three men before pouring gasoline on them. But authorities say when Tinsley couldn't start a fire, he ran out, was seen by a mechanic at the shop. The details reopened still fresh wounds, said the family. It was new, and this made it very real, said Jesse Contreras, Jesse's twin brother. Rudy Contreras, a cousin of the victims, said Tinsley showed no remorse. He glared at us like he was mad that we were even there. Casey's mother, Gemma, says the 21-year-old was a loving father to his twin baby girls. I'm saving everything. Pictures, clothes, so they know what kind of father they got. Now, with this arrest, the family may soon get the justice they've been waiting for. Again, this is from KHOU 11, posted May 20th of 2015. Now I'm going to fast forward and jump into April 11th, 2017, also from KHOU 11. And this headline reads, Man found guilty for triple murder in 2015 at car dealership. A jury found a man guilty for killing three members of the same family at a car dealership in North Houston. A jury found a man guilty, James Tinsley, 22, he was charged with capital murder in 2015 for fatally shooting Casey Contreras, Jesse Contreras, and Tony Contreras. The shooting happened at a family, at family-owned Immaculate Auto Sales dealership in North Houston on January 18, 2015. Prosecutors said Tinsley's car had recently been repossessed before he walked into the dealership and reopened and opened fire. A man, along with his father and uncle, were shot and killed as a result. Tinsley was sentenced to life in prison. Now I'm going to take it over to NBC DFW5. They posted on April 11, 2017, man convicted of triple murder at Houston car lot gets life. A Houston man will serve life in prison 
after being convicted of capital murder in a shooting rampage at a used car dealership that left three men dead. Jurists in Harris County deliberated more than three hours Tuesday before returning its verdict on James Tinsley. Since prosecutors weren't seeking the death penalty in Tinsley's case, he automatically was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole for the January 2015 shooting death. The attack happened at Immaculate Auto Sales in Houston, killing brothers Tony and Jesse Contreras and Tony Contreras' adult son, Casey Contreras. Prosecutors told jurors that Tinsley shot the three after a car he had bought from the dealership was repossessed. Again, that's coming from NBC DFW 5, also posted on April the 11th, 2017. Now, with that said, I reached out to Mr. Tinsley to get his side and see what he had to say as it related to, one, him being accused and him being convicted of the murder of these three individuals. And with that said, let's talk murder. Now listen, you know I give it to you all direct. I hold no bars, and I keep it all the way like it was written for me. Now this is with Mr. Tinsley. This is exactly how he gave it to me. Dear DK, I'm James Tinsley. Again, y'all, I think it's the fifth. Forgive me. Now known as GDB, Sir Raw. It's a pleasure to finally be able to allow the world to have my perspective of what happened during the case and trial process. Now, DK, before I begin telling you my story, I have to chart down a list of issues that I won't and will allow. Let's get into y'all. He said, know that I have another copy of this former letter for legal matters. I won't allow you to edit or make any changes to my letter. I won't allow myself or you criminally accuse me of this crime or any other crimes as well. I won't drop any names of any individuals. I will tell you what they didn't tell the world of the matter leading to me being charged. Also, he wanted me to let you all know that he is an author and he has a book out. Now let's get into the conversation pertaining to the crime that Mr. Timley accused of. I thank you, DK, for having me a part of your crime podcast. It's a pleasure to actually be able to speak, but first I would say I'll never say anything to criminally accuse myself in any given fashion because I still and will forever proclaim and hold my innocence to the crime, which I'm charged with. You feel me? Now, who am I? James Tinsley V, a.k.a. GDB Sir Raw. That's hashtag boss moves, hashtag not chess moves. I'm from Houston, Texas, Northside, 181 Goodson Road. I'm 28 years old. Now, 2014, me and my baby mother had relationship issues. So we slipped in October. I allowed her to take custody of our child since I was always working and in college as well. But as time kept passing, me and my baby's mother continued to have problems. And this time, it related with our child which she threatened to keep away from me. And I'm not for them games. So I did what any real man would do. I went and took my child from her. And on that same day, my baby mother called the police and told them that I kidnapped the child. But Texas law, I can't go to jail for taking my own child. So my baby mother then told the police about the case I'm charged with now. And she lied. She lied about me being the suspect. So after I cussed the detectives out, I decided to 
allow them to search my apartment because they didn't have a warrant for my arrest for the charge in case I'm on. And I even took DNA willingly. But they held me on a 48-hour investigation. So after that, it was shocking to find out they charged me with the crime and sitting in the county jail, beating niggas the fuck up from frustration. I later discovered from my court-appointed lawyer that the detectives on the case lied on their reports. They didn't have no matching evidence on me or DNA. But I stayed in jail because of Texas. Texas has a hearsay law that can keep you incarcerated. And during the trial, my baby's mother told the entire court she lied to get our child back. The witness said he never seen me kill no one and that the detectives coached him into picking me. But he only told them I looked like a younger version of who he saw. Then the prosecutors told the jury of the court as their closing statement, we fail our case because we can't prove that it's Mr. Tinsley in the video doing the killing. I have any solid evidence of him in this case. A week before the trial, it was supposed to get dismissed, but the prosecutors wanted to gamble on my baby mother's statement, which was trash and didn't add up or make any sense, even though she told the jury that she lied. They still found me guilty. Crazy shit. Now, with what Mr. Tinsley told me, there's one focus, there's one key element we have to focus on, and that's hearsay. Now, you all know, in Georgia, you know, Georgia law is kind of what I focus on. Hearsay is inadmissible in court. Now, he said that in Texas, it's allowed. So, I had to do some digging. Now, based on what the, on my Google search, y'all know Google's my good girlfriend, honey. Generally speaking, when it comes to Texas law, hearsay is in, is inadmissible and cannot be used as evidence at, tri at, at trial. Again, hearsay is inadmissible and cannot be used as evidence at trial. Hearsay is defined as an out-of-court statement offered into evidence to prove the truth of the matter asserted in that statement. Now with that, I also did some digging into the Texas Rule of Evidence. And this is the one that was updated with the amendments um, effective 6-1-2020. Hearsay. Rule 801. Definitions that apply to this article. Exclusions from hearsay. Statement. Statement means a person's oral or written verbal expression or nonverbal conduct that a person intended as a substitute for verbal expression. Declarant. Declarant means the person who made the statement. The matter asserted. Matter asserted means any matter a declarant explicitly asserts and any matter implied by a statement if the probative value of the statement as offered flows from the declarant's belief about the matter. Now hearsay, in particular with Rule 801, like we said, hearsay means a statement that the declarant does not make while testifying at the current trial or hearing and Party, a party offers an evidence to prove the truth of the matter asserted in the statement. So the hearsay comes from someone else. It comes from the declarant, again, which means it's the declarant is the person who made the statement. And it's not made while testifying at the current trial or hearing. And the party offers it into evidence to prove the truth of the matter asserted in the statement. 
Now, here's the statements that are not considered hearsay. A statement that meets the following conditions is not hearsay. A declarant witnesses prior statement. The declarant testifies and is subject to cross-examination about a prior statement, and the statement is consistent with the declarant's testimony, and when offered, this is a criminal case, so when offered in a criminal case, was given under penalty of perjury at a trial, hearing, or other proceeding, except a grand jury proceeding or in a deposition. Let me read that again. A declarant's witness's prior statement is, is inconsistent with the defendant's testimony. So the declarant testifies and is subject to cross-examination about a prior statement, and the statement is, A, inconsistent with the declarant's testimony, and when offered in a criminal case, was given under penalty of perjury at a trial, hearing, or other proceeding, except a grand jury proceeding or in a deposition. So what that means is, the declarant, again, the person who made the statement, and they testify, it is subject to cross-examination about their prior statement if the statement is inconsistent with their testimony, and when it's a criminal trial, the statement was given under the penalty of perjury at a trial, hearing, or other proceeding. So what that says to me is, hearsay has some exceptions. Now, how these exceptions are interpreted is up to the person interpreting them. So, as I said, statements falling under the hearsay exclusion provided by Rule 801E2 are no longer referred to as admissions in the title to the subdivision. The term admissions is confusing because not all statements covered by the exclusion are admissions in the colloquial sense. A statement can be within the exclusion even if it admitted nothing and was not against the party's interest when made. The term admissions also raises confusion in comparison with the Rule 803.24 exception for declarations against interest. So listen you all. So Mr. Tinsley told us he got convicted because of the Texas hearsay law. Now we're finding that Though hearsay is deemed inadmissible in a trial, there are exceptions to, one, what can be classified as hearsay, two, when hearsay can be presented, and three, when hearsay can, can be presented and be allowed to be cross-examined. Now, I ask you, Mr. Tinsley didn't go too much into the evidence that was presented at his trial, so we don't know. What we do know, based on the headlines, there was a video. There was a surveillance video, and there was a witness. Now, Mr. Tinsley advised us that this witness said that he looked like a younger version of the person that he saw. And then Mr. Tinsley advised that the prosecutor said that they can't with certainty say that it's him on the video. So what that sounds like to me is circumstantial evidence. So if there's no hardcore concrete evidence, and this is built around a circumstantial standpoint, you all know with circumstantial evidence, it's all about how you infer. What story do you believe based on the evidence that's presented? But again, we got to remember, it has to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. So here we go again with this conversation about reasonable doubt. 
if you can't say for certain it's Mr. Tinsley on the video, and the witness says he looks like a younger version of who they seen, that sounds like a whole lot of reasonable doubt for me. However, I wasn't on the jury, I wasn't there, but even with those small pieces, there's reasonable doubt planted. But Mr. Tinsley sits convicted of the killing of three individuals over a car repossession. Now, listen, y'all. I know. I know. I know that we have been, you know, we've seen instances in the news and in the media where people kill for the smallest thing. However, you really. Mm. Now, listen, I, I'm not one to jump to conclusions, but I have to say to myself, I said, so. Myself said, hmm, are they really painting a picture that I'm supposed to accept the story that this young man walked into this car dealership and slaughtered three individuals because his car got repossessed? So now listen, here we have a man who's fighting for his child. He's trying to do right by his child. And he's willing to go up against the mother of his child to get access to his child and be able to provide and take care of his child. That, to me, sounds like a man who understands the difference between right and wrong and the difference between good and bad. So you mean to tell me this man goes from literally in the motions of protecting his child and fighting for his child to now going into the car dealership and killing three people? Over a repossession? Now keep in mind, understanding the consequences that come with murder. Any logical person would say, if I'm fighting for my child, I don't need to do anything that would set me up to take me away from my child. Hello, somebody. So with that in mind, you mean to tell me, I'm sorry, but I, as an American citizen who believes in liberty and justice for all, who solely stands by the fact innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Let me say that. Proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Mr. Tinsley, who's fighting for his child, who's willing to risk having to kidnap his child because the mother of, of his child is keeping the child away. This individual now chose to go commit a crime that would take him away from the child forever Keep in mind, this is in Texas, so everybody knows Texas will throw the book at you, especially with their capital murder, capital murder cases. So there's no question about if you would go away. The question is just how long and if it would lead to death. So again, this man, Mr. Tinsley, who is fighting for his child, who has made the logical decision as a man and as an adult to stand up for what his parental rights are and go up against the mother of his child to be able to see his child, provide for his child, and be there for his child, all of a sudden is so upset over a repossession that he kills not one, not two, but three people. Listen, you all, that's hard for me to chew. Now, again, like I said, I'm not an attorney. I can't give no legal advice. I wasn't sitting on the jury. I didn't see the evidence presented. However, based on what the headlines wrote, now listen, you all, 
we can I can only infer based on the information that is provided to me. Hello, let's keep that in mind. So based on what I have to use to infer, based on my ability to infer and the inferences skills in which I possess from what the headlines read and from what Mr. Tinsley has detailed to me, I am perplexed. I am perplexed that the explanation is that the fucking car was repossessed. First of all, as many goddamn buy here, pay here, call lots as it is in Texas, Mr. Tinsley could have went anywhere else and got another car. This is a man who was working. This is a man who was trying to provide for his child. So with that in mind, I don't... Hmm. The explanation of the car was repossessed? Come on now. Anybody else? Somebody. Somebody tap in. Hit me on Facebook. At Let's Talk Murder. Was that Mickey Son? Or Instagram. LTMWDK. Let me know what you think. Am, like, am I am, am I going crazy? But a repossession? Now listen, y'all. Yes, I I have some friends who have had some repossessions and they got mad and they got upset and they cussed the people out, you know. But murder? Oh, and I get it. Not everyone reacts the same way, but I'm sorry, people. A man who has enough logic and common sense to fight for access to his child, a man who is willing to risk it all for their child does not sound like the same man who would do something that would take them away from their child for life. Texas capital murder. Three people. Do you all see this? Okay, listen. I gave it to you. Like Mr. Tinsley gave it to me. I can't give you what I don't have. So I apologize in advance that we can't go too, too in depth with this episode. But Mr. Tinsley said some powerful stuff. This man said he will not let me nor himself or anyone else accuse him or place any crimes on him that he did not do. He did not admit any guilt. But he said some powerful things. He said that hearsay played a role in his trial. He said that they could not say with certainty it was him on the surveillance video. And he also stated that the witness said that he looked like a younger version. For me, you all, and this is just me, don't forget, a reasonable doubt, a reasonable doubt exists when a fact finder cannot say with moral certainty that a person is guilty or a particular fact exists. With this instance, based on what I have read to you all, based on what I have read myself, based on what I've been able to infer um, from my readings, I can't. I can't say, no, I don't see how this could have been proven beyond reasonable doubt. Now, based on the mens rea of this case, you're saying to me that the intent the intent was the repossession? Man, listen. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not buying it. Maybe you could have had some reasonable suspension um suspicion, forgive me, which is the lowest standard of proof. You may have some reasonable suspicion based on the witness saying that Mr. Timothy looked like a younger version or he may look similar to the person in the video. Okay, maybe. 
some reasonable suspicion. But a capital murder conviction for the murder of three people and the intent, the mens rea, is supposed to be because of the repossession? I can't do it. I'm sorry, you all. I can't do it. So do me this favor. What do you think? What do you think? Based on what Mr. Tinsley detailed for us, based upon the three headlines that I read to you, I want to hear what you have to say. Tap in with me on Twitter at Let's Talk Murder, Instagram and Facebook at LTMWDK. That's Twitter at Let's Talk Murder, Instagram and Facebook at LTMWDK. I'm Diamond Kisan, and we've just talked murder. Until next time, stay safe and never be afraid to talk murder. This is a Diamond Xan production.